Simon Deacon, Professor of Law at Cambridge University. Thank you for talking to the Cambridge Judge Business School podcast series today. We're taking a look at hostile takeovers. I know that you've written about this and that shareholder sovereignty is the principal governing takeovers in the UK at the moment. What does it mean and, and what does it imply for corporate governance? Well, legal systems have a choice about who decides in the context of a, of a hostile takeover bid. Is it the board of directors of the company that's being bid for, the so-called target company, or is it going to be the shareholders in the company? Many legal regimes across the world give the board uh, a big say. The board can make a, a recommendation, and sometimes the board can effectively decide. But in the UK, um, at least since the, the 19, 1950s, it's really been the shareholders who decide. So the shareholders of the target company decide whether or not and on what terms essentially they're going to sell their shares to the bidder. And the board's basic job is to give objective, disinterested advice to the shareholders on the financial merits of the bid. The job of the board is not to defend the company as such against the bid, and it's certainly not to, to safeguard the interests of other relevant parties such as such as the workers. And does that vary with countries like America, Germany, Japan? Why are British firms more vulnerable to these hostile takeovers? Well, it's basically because the rules governing hostile takeover bids in the UK take the form of the, um, the self-regulatory uh, city code on takeovers and mergers. And these are really rules designed by the major financial institutions in the UK uh, by, by the institutions in the City of London to, to regulate the conduct of takeover bids. And they're principally there to protect financial and shareholder interests. So other relevant interests, including those of communities and workers, so-called stakeholders, are not really factored very well into the regulations governing takeover bids. In other countries, legislation is more important. That does sometimes protect workers' rights it sometimes protects third-party rights, and quite often these other rules give boards a greater say to balance the interests of shareholders and workers. Is that what makes it so attractive for multinational global companies to, to come to Britain? Because actually, um, workers aren't protected. Well, UK companies, if they're listed on the stock exchange, that is to say that their shares are publicly traded on the London Stock Exchange, and, they're, and therefore they're subject to the takeover code. If they're in that position, then they're uniquely vulnerable to takeover bids because so-called takeover defences, um, these are given names such as poison pills or um, shark repellents, or other such things, which basically boards put in place to deter bidders. These pre-takeover defences are much more difficult to operate in the UK because of the way the takeover code works, to some degree because of, because of the way UK company law works, than they are in other countries. So a board of directors in America or in Japan can normally have in place a poison pill to defend the company against what the board would consider to be an opportunistic bid. This isn't really possible in the UK. So this means that bidders have a green light in most cases if they want to bid for a UK company. In addition, bidders normally take on big debts in order to finance takeover bids and they recoup the money afterwards by very often breaking up the target company, selling off some of the assets, realising gains by doing that, and then paying down the debt. It's much more straightforward to do that, to break the company up, in a system where the workers have very few employment rights. They have few rights in relation to consultation over um, major changes to the company, 
and they have few job security rights in the UK by comparison to many other systems. So these two factors, no poison pills, weak workers' rights, make UK companies particularly vulnerable to hostile takeover bids. And then, of course, we have the role that the anonymous hedge funds play in, in all of this, don't we? I mean, are they facilitating, in a way, hostile takeovers? Well, I think so. The, the, the basic role of the hedge fund in the context of a takeover bid is to engage in speculation about what might happen. Um, when a bid is made, the, the bidder, in order to make this work, must normally bid above the pre-bid market price. You must do this in order to give the shareholders an incentive to tender their shares. So there's a so-called premium, which could be anywhere between 20 or 30%, 50%, 60% sometimes, over the pre-bid market price that the, the bidder will offer. Now, in that situation, the hedge fund will often buy in at a point when the success of the bid is completely unclear. So the hedge fund is taking a bet that when it buys in, the price will subsequently rise even further as the, the success of the bid becomes more likely. And if that's the case, then the bidder will end up paying more to the hedge fund than the hedge fund paid when it bought in. But, of course, there's also a chance that the bid may completely flop, in which case the price will go back to the pre-bid level and the hedge fund will be left nursing a significant loss. Now, this is why the hedge funds enter the picture. If you're a normal investor in a company, norm normally these will be fund managers acting behalf on behalf of pension funds, um, you, you're not willing to take these risks to quite, to quite such the same extent. So it's perfectly um, normal for a pension fund um, or for a unit trust or some other institutional investor to sell to a hedge fund when the bid is going through, because it could, well, it could well be that that's their best chance to make a profit. Now, of course, they, they won't make as much money as they would have done if they stayed in the game until later. Um, but, of course, they could have ended up making, uh, making no money at all if the price had gone back down. So, really, it's the superior risk-bearing capacity of the hedge fund which makes this kind of speculation attractive for them. At the same time, um, some people argue that what the hedge funds are doing in a sense here is self-reinforcing, that the entry of the hedge funds makes the sale of the company almost inevitable. Now, that's not the case. It's perfectly possible for bids to fail and for the hedge funds to be left with big losses. This, this does happen from time to time. Um, so they facilitate, in a way. I, th I think the, the argument that the hedge fund's intervention makes the, the sale of the company inevitable is not right, because things can happen to, to make bids impossible. But I think that what the hedge funds do is that they, they provide a signal to all investors that this bid is now being taken very seriously, and this can become self-reinforcing. There can be momentum towards greater success, because I think in, in stock markets during bids, there's a lot of so-called herd behaviour. What's rational for an investor to do depends critically on what other investors are doing. So the, the fact that the hedge funds come in may give investors confidence that the bid will go through. And so a process begins whereby the price just goes up more and more and more. Um, eventually, um, a point is reached where um, a, there's a critical price. And often these bids do go through. If no interest at all is shown in a bid, either by the pension funds or, or by the hedge funds, then... Pretty, pretty much in all cases, they will then fail. What about the role, should I say, of the poor old workers in all of this? Because what you seem to be saying is, is that in other countries, America, Germany, Japan, they have some rights, but in the UK they don't. Well, in America they have very few rights, and what's critical there is a poison pill. The, the board can basically stop a bid by, by uh, triggering a so-called poison pill, which is a company law device whereby, um, in effect, the holding which is being accumulated by the bidder is artificially diluted. The board 
um, acting on the company's behalf, issues new shares, new stock to a friendly third party or parties, dilutes the bidder's holding, this makes it more expensive for the bidder to continue and often acts as an ex-ante deterrent. Okay. And the board can do this where it thinks that it's better for the company to be held together and for the workers' interests to be protected because in the end shareholders will benefit more from the workers continuing to give the, their loyalty and commitment to the company. So in that rather indirect way, the board acts in a sense as the representatives of the shareholders, although the, the board's main job is to make sure that it's in the best interests of the company as a whole, uh, and ultimately, therefore, the shareholders, um, when, when, when the poison pill is, is, is triggered, the, the board must, must, must take into account the wider company and long-term shareholder interests. And, and that doesn't pertain in the UK. We saw that, didn't we, with the Kraft and Cadbury bid? Well, in principle, UK company law says the board must behave in exactly the same way as an American board. It must have regard to the long-term corporate interest, which is not just the short-term shareholder interest. The problem is the takeover code, in a sense... Um, gives the board a different cue. The, the takeover code is saying focus on the, the, the short-term financial interests of the shareholders. And this wider company law principle doesn't really enter the picture in, in most bid situations. So what went wrong with Cadbury Craft? Well, I, I, I think from the point of view of the shareholders of Cadbury, nothing at all, of course. They did very well. Um, and from Kraft's point of view, it was a very good outcome. From the workers' point of view, it was a negative outcome because... Um, they, were vulnerable. they are vulnerable now to downsizing in the way they weren't before because Kraft has big debts and must pay them down. Now, the, Kraft's success is partly due to the absence of a poison pill. In American law, the board, a board like Cadbury could have triggered the poison pill because there was no rival bid to that of Kraft. So this is a fundamental criterion for American bids. Once there's a so-called auction and two bidders are competing, in that situation, the poison pill can't any longer be maintained and the sale goes ahead. But here, despite promises or at least indications by other companies that they would come in and bid against Kraft, they never did. So here, um, Cadbury was in a very, very weak position. In Germany, uh, there, there is co-determination, which means that workers have the right to be informed and consulted um, on the board, of the, the supervisory board of the company, about major st strategic decisions. And in some cases, either through the operation of the supervisory board or through the operation of the Works Council, um, workers can veto major organisational changes. Now, the right to veto a major structural change really would slow down the downsizing and restructuring that would follow a takeover bid in the UK. These co-determination-type defences for workers were not, of course, available in the Kraft-Cadbury case. The takeover code requires the workers' representatives to be informed by the bidder and by the target about certain matters relating to the structure of the bid, but it doesn't give them anything like the veto rights which, op which operate in some contexts in, in continental Europe. So, so if we just finally ask uh, Simon, what specific measures could be taken to improve governance of takeover bids in the UK? We must need change. So I, th I think it's unrealistic to imagine that there'll be poison pills in the UK any time soon. They're a distinctively American or now Japanese solution. And also unlikely that there's political will to introduce co-determination German style into British labour law. That's, again, um, going against uh, our, our approach. But I do think boards could be given more autonomy in the UK to balance worker and shareholder interests. And to do that, we'd have to make it absolutely clear that the board's long-term duty to have regard to the corporate interest, not the short-term financial interest of the shareholders, takes priority over the takeover code. The Companies Act 2006 should be clearly prioritised over the takeover code so that boards like the Board of Cadbury would have greater discretion um, to, to give a clear, a clear 
uh, indication to the shareholders that, that a bid is opportunistic and unacceptable. This isn't a complete solution, but it would be an improvement. So an amendment to the Co- Companies Act? Companies Act 2006 would have to be amended, that's right, to make it clear that the long-term interests of the company are what matter during a takeover bid, not the short-term financial interests of just one constituency, the, the shareholders. And is anybody calling for that? It, it is being discussed right now. Um, there are deliberations going on um, in, in Parliament uh, this point's been raised by the TUC and by some other um, interested parties, parties interested in these debates. So I think it, it, is on the bar, it, it, it is on the table. In addition, there's a notion of a public interest test that, that could come in. In other words, a minister should be given the right to slow down a bid, maybe stop it altogether, where it's clearly against the public interest. This I'm, I'm not so sure about, because I'm not sure a minister knows better than the parties immediately concerned, the workers, the board, the shareholders, what the outcome of a bid should be. But, but it's a hot topic at the moment for debate. I think so, and that, that's the, the impact of the Cadbury Craft takeover battle. I think this really made people sit up and take notice. Uh, Simon Deacon, thank you very much indeed for talking to the Cambridge Judge Business School podcast series today. I'm going to watch this space in the future. Thanks very much, Bonnie. Thank you.